0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, If you're watching online, welcome. Glad that you've tuned in um great man it's great to be here what about this weather today wow finally have fall weather you all went out trick-or-treating sweating on thursday night and then you woke up friday more like oh my goodness where's the sweaters and the coats and all that kind of stuff but it's warm in here got hot coffee uh so it's already been a great day a couple of things i want to uh bring to your attention uh next sunday or actually the next two weeks here at coastal man they're going to be amazing Uh, Big, big days in the life of our church, historic days, if you will, uh, in the life of our church. Next Sunday, of course, is Commitment Sunday, something we've talked about, prayed about, uh, just uh, discussed. We have... Um, It's just something we've been leading up to uh, during our Daring Faith campaign and that is where we as a church sacrificially give above and beyond our regular giving uh, so that we can begin phase two here at our campus. And phase two really is all about the next generation. Uh, it's not about you and me, it's about uh, kids and children uh, are totally renovating, uh, expanding uh, our Coastal Kids building, connecting these two buildings together, expanding our fellowship, gathering space, and preparing for phase two. So next Sunday, come with your offering, come with your commitment card. You should have gotten a commitment card probably in the mail. Uh, if you didn't get one, you could pick one up today. If you and your family have been collecting change, come with that. Um, but come, next Sunday. If you can't make it, uh, you can turn all those things in early. You could begin to turn them in uh, today, this week, and even the following week. But make sure you try to get that in before the 17th. Because the following week on November the 17th is when we announce what God did through all of us. All of you. And um, it's just going to be um, an exciting day. I really believe we're going to explode in worship. Uh, for what God has done through us as his people stepped out in faith, dare to believe. And uh, the way we're going to celebrate is we're going to feed you. Uh, we're going to have tail, a tailgating party outside. And we've already got a, a good little group of people who have volunteered to tailgate. We could use some more. Uh, on the back of your Connect card today, I believe there's a spot for you to volunteer to tailgate. Uh, just set up a tent and, uh, you know, whatever, you'd like to, whatever team you'd like to pull for, wear your team colors on the 17th. Uh, but we're going to provide the bulk of the food. We're going to have barbecue and chili. And uh, there's going to be jump castles and Kona Ice. And um, it's just going to be a huge celebration. But the real celebration will be in here when we announce uh, the total amount that you gave and you committed to as we begin uh, to break ground. Look forward to that um, for phase one. So that's coming up. Um, So I hope you're excited about that. Today, we are in week seven, part seven of this series on daring faith. And today I want to talk about waiting. Waiting. You know, there are few things in life that make us more irritated than having to wait. Would you agree with that? I mean, we hate to wait. Waiting in traffic, you know, depending on where you live, you know, whether it's 17 or 61 or, you know, 526, Folly Road, Ashley Phosphate. I mean, we hate to wait. Waiting in line at Walmart. I mean, why in the world do they even build all those cash registers there? Why, why is that even necessary? There's only like two, you know, checkout people any time, right? You know, we don't even like to wait in something called a waiting room, right? When you go see your doctor. And yet, waiting is such an important part of life. You know, there are certain lessons you can only learn through waiting. Have you ever been in a hurry and God is not that's probably the most frustrating waiting of all right when you find yourself in God's waiting room I mean the, the reality is you know if you're a parent you can rush your kids you might be able to rush your spouse right but you can't rush God you can't and some of you right now are waiting on God you're waiting on God to you know open a door you're waiting on God for a job. You're waiting on God for an answer to prayer, for a new direction, maybe to remove a physical pain or heal a relationship. And, and, and in this process, you find yourself just crying out to God, God, come on. You know, I, I don't get this. I, I'm praying. I'm trying to be faithful. And it feels like nothing is happening. Why? You know, why does God delay things when clearly He can answer our prayers immediately, Right? Well, first of all, if you and I had every prayer answered when we wanted it answered, we would be selfish little brats. You know, we would treat God like a vending machine. But probably the the deeper answer is that I think sometimes God has to do a work in you before he can do a work through you. In fact, the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 3.11. He, God, does everything just right and on time. Circle that phrase. Just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what he is doing. And so today I want us to talk about that. I want us to answer two questions, basically. What do I need to remember? And then what do I need to do when I find myself in the waiting rooms of life? What do I need to remember? And what do I need to do? Because waiting, waiting is just as much a part of daring faith you know, as anything else that we've talked about over these last several weeks. So first of all, let me give you five things that we need to remember when we're in that delay period. Number one, if you're taking notes, uh, remember there is a natural delay between harvesting and planting. Remember, there's a natural delay between harvesting and planting. Now, we talked about this last week. When We talked about the laws of sowing and reaping. When you, when you plant seeds, you know, you don't go out the next day and expect to see full-grown tomatoes, right? It doesn't work that way. There is always a delay. He, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under, sun, uh, under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest. Again, uh, he's talking about seasons. You always get the result of what you plant in life in another season. Not in the same season. Now, many of you are going to be planting seeds of faith in daring faith, and you have been. Okay, next week you're going to be planting seeds, financial seeds. Some of you are planting seeds uh, of service, and you've been, uh, some of you have stepped up to the plate and began to serve here in ministry at Coastal or seeds of sacrifice. There's something you need to understand. You are not going to see the harvest immediately. You just got to understand that. That's the truth. That's the reality. It will come, but it comes in another season. Number two, remember there's an unseen battle going on. There is an unseen battle going on. There's spiritual warfare, a battle between good and evil uh, going on in a realm that we neither see nor understand. Now, if you are a child of God, Satan hates you. The Bible says He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And He's talking about you. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, What that verse is basically saying is that when you and I send up a prayer, there is a battle actually going on as to how that's going to be answered. That you can't see and many times we cannot understand. Now what's interesting is we actually get a little glimpse of that in the book of Daniel. You might not have ever seen this passage before, but it really is kind of the one time in the Bible where the curtain is pulled back a little bit and you see some of the spiritual warfare that's going on behind the scenes. Okay. Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. Listen to this. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Wow! I mean, is that crazy or what? I mean, that's an angel speaking, by the way. And so right here, the Bible tells us that Daniel has a prayer... It's not been answered, and he's starting to get a little discouraged. So this angel shows up and says, hey, I'm here to give you the answer. We actually heard it from day one, but we've been in a battle over this, and it was such an intense battle that Michael, the archangel, had to come down and and help me so that I could come here and tell you that the answer is on its way. In other words, it's not as simple as you think it is. There's more going on than you and I can see. Now write this down. A delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. You know, again, when when an answer to prayer has been delayed, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be answered. And part of the issue could be that there is some sort of spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of, and you just got to keep being faithful. you just got to keep praying. Or number three, remember that God is preparing me for his blessing. Remember that God is preparing me for for a blessing. You know, think about it. When When you've got an idea or you've got a dream, a request, and you ask God to do something in your life, guess what? It might be that God has a bigger and better plan for you. And he's just got to prepare you to get ready for it. You see, the first thing God wants to do before he answers your prayers for a job, for a spouse, for a child, whatever the prayer request might be, is that He wants to get you ready. He wants to prepare you. Because God is far more interested in changing you, changing your character, than He is in answering your prayer. Because it's your character that you take with you to heaven. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says it this way, There is wonderful joy ahead, Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Some of you are going through the fire right now. My encouragement to you is keep going. Keep going. You know, when you're praying for something in your life and it hasn't happened. And you're in that that delay. You're in that season between, you know, the sowing and the harvesting. Keep walking. Keep planting. He says that these troubles are actually there to test your faith. Waiting is a test. It tests your character. It tests your faith. Did you know that the Bible compares uh, waiting to being pregnant? To being pregnant. How many of you are pregnant here this morning? No, I shouldn't. I don't know. That's maybe maybe inappropriate. Uh, I don't know. Don't drink the water, by the The, the chocolate milk here. That's, no, anyway. Um, but I actually love the message paraphrase of Romans 8. Listen to this. Romans 8, 24 through 28. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged okay get the picture we are enlarged in the waiting uh we of course don't see what is enlarging us but the longer we wait the larger we become amen ladies the larger we become and the more joyful joyful our expect our expectancy meanwhile the moment we get tired in the waiting god's spirit is right alongside helping us along If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Man, that's a powerful message there. He's saying that when you're in the waiting, the waiting room of life, it's kind of like being pregnant. You know, when a woman has a baby, she is, what, expecting that baby. And he says that's kind of like what it is when you have to wait on God. You know it's coming. You have faith that it's coming, but you've got to wait. Number four. Remember, I'm in good company when I'm waiting on God. I'm in good company. You're not the only one. And sometimes you just need to hear that. Sometimes you think you're all alone. You know, millions of saints before you have sat in God's waiting room. Um, In fact, if you're in the waiting room of life right now, you're waiting on a job, you're waiting on an answer, on a prayer, guess what? There are people sitting all around you this morning that are right there with you. They're maybe in the same situation. Hebrews eleven two reminds us men of God in days of old were famous for their faith. And every one of those people, you read a, a, a Hebrews 11, they all had to wait. I mean, think about Hannah. She had to wait for years to have a baby. Think about Joseph. God actually gave him a dream at a very young age that he would be a ruler, but he ends up being put in prison for 14 years for a crime he did not commit. Just having to wait. But God knew where he was. And God was preparing him. Moses had to wait 40 years in the wilderness to know his purpose in life. Abraham waits 100 years before he has Isaac. Hebrews 6.15 And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Noah? Noah had to wait 120 years before it rained. You think you're in a waiting period. 120 years. We get in a hurry, don't we? God's never in a hurry. And then remember number five, God always keeps his promises. God's faithful. Listen to Habakkuk 2.3. At the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting it will happen. God says, my word will come true. If I say it, you can trust it. It's going to happen. It might take a while, but but keep on waiting. It's going to happen. Listen, I remember what it was like, you know, those first 14 years of our church when we were a portable church, you know, setting up and breaking down every single Sunday for 14 years. We looked at literally hundreds of places over those years, by the way, And you know what? We had one failure after another, after another, after another. This deal fell through, and that deal fell through, and then another deal fell through. And you know what? A lot of people got discouraged. And a lot of people thought, man, we are never, ever going to have our own place. But you know what? I never felt that way. I never did. Why? Because I knew that a delay is not a denial. I knew, I knew that I knew that God before the foundation of the earth had planned where Coastal Community Church would call its home. He knew. And it was just a matter of time. His time. But that's what you got to remember when you're in the waiting room. Remember those five things. Now, let me give you four things to do. Those are five things to remember. Here are four things to do. It's an acrostic. It spells the word wait. The W uh, stands for write. Write down the lessons you're learning. Write down the lessons you're learning when you're in the the waiting room of life. In other words, what I really mean by this, you might write off to the side, process it. Think it through. In other words, God's got some things that he wants to teach you before he answers your prayer. You know, God's got some things that He wants us to learn before the seed that you planted in daring faith begins to sprout. But you're going to forget those lessons in the waiting rooms of life if you don't process it. If you don't write it down. Think it through. And you know, by the way, what's going to happen if you don't do that. If you don't learn the lesson. If you forget. Guess what? He's going to take you through it again. And some of you, you've had to Go through that same pain. Had to relearn that same lesson over and over and over again. And it's painful, isn't it? You know, Moses led the children out of Egypt across the wilderness to the promised land. Do you realize that that journey right there should have only taken a few weeks? It took them 40 years. What in the world were they doing? I mean, for 40 years, they were basically walking around in a circle. And God was just giving them test after test after test saying, you know, for all practical purposes, will you trust me? And every time they'd fail the test and they took another lap around the desert. Some of you are in the wilderness right now, but you got to hear this loud and clear. You can't get to the promised land without first going through the desert. Now, how long you're in that desert, many times, is up to you. But you've got to go through that waiting period. Numbers 33, two says, At the Lord's direction, in other words, God actually commanded Moses to do this. Moses kept a written record of their progress. Let me ask you, are you doing that? You know, are, are, are you writing anything down? Are you keeping any kind of you know, written record of your progress in, the, in, in your Christian life? You know, Really, that's why our daily devotional that we've all been doing together this semester has been so, so important, because it kind of serves as kind of a journal. You know, just allowing you to, to write down those lessons, to process some of the things that you're learning about faith while you wait. Pro, uh, Psalm 25.4 is a great prayer to pray when you're in the desert, when you're in the wilderness. What does it say? Very simply, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your path. You see, when you're in that waiting period, between jobs, you know, between goals, you don't know what's next. That's a great prayer to pray. Teach me, Lord. Show me your path. I want to learn these lessons. So that's the W. Write it down. Process it. Think it through. The letter A in uh, wait stands for act. Act as though I already have it. That's called faith. You know, when you've planted a seed, okay, a seed of of finances like many of you have done with Daring Faith and are going to do this week, a seed of serving, you know, you're volunteering for a new ministry, a, a seed of energy. When you've had a need and you've planted a seed, what do you do, you know, what you do while you're waiting for that seed to grow is you act as though you already have it. That's faith. Now, typically, what do we do, though? When we're in the desert, when we're in the wilderness of life, well, we complain, uh, we worry, we whine. Instead, what I'm saying is no. Act as though you've already got it. In fact, Jesus basically said the same thing. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, "I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, listen to this. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours." Now, pay attention to this verse here. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Do you notice the the change in tense there, verb tense? Believe that you have received it, that's the past, then it will be yours. That's the future. So what in the world is Jesus saying here? I mean, believe that I've already got it in order to get it. That's exactly what what he's saying. You say, well, hang on there, PC. Are you telling me that I've got to believe something is so, even though it isn't so, in order for it to become so? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's, Jesus is saying that's faith. You see, when you thank God after you get an answer, what's that? That's gratitude. But when you thank God before the answer, that's faith. Now, let's go back to the pregnant woman illustration. Now, every pregnant woman knows exactly what we're talking about here. Every pregnant woman does does this. Even though, you know, she can't physically see the baby, she starts preparing in advance, right, for the baby's arrival in faith starts eating differently, sleeping differently, goes out and buys uh, maternity clothes, I mean, starts prepping the nursery, you know, Uh, people throw showers, I mean, they get clothes and diapers and changing tables and a crib and all kinds of stuff. She is doing that in faith. She is what? Expecting a baby. She hasn't seen the baby, but she's acting as though it's already here. Now, what crazy woman, you know, that's waiting for a baby to be born would go, you know, I guess I ought to go get some clothes. I'll just wait. You know, I'll just wait to the end. You know, maybe we ought to get some diapers. You know, maybe some bottles, place for the baby to sleep. No, of course not. You know, those are things that are already done in advance, in faith. Now, here's the application for us. You see, waiting is not passivity it's not in action you, know, you do all you can do to get ready there's a huge huge difference between passively waiting in fear and expectantly waiting in faith where you begin to take action you know if you're waiting to get a job you know what should you do you should act as though you already have one you should get up and get out of bed every day put on your work clothes in, and get busy because you are you get prepared and act as though You've already, you already have it. By the way, God does that all the time. All throughout Scripture. You know, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. 25 years before he has a son. He didn't have any kids. Look at Romans 4.17 from the Living Bible. And this promise is from God Himself, who makes the dead live again, and speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. That's faith. And He calls us to do the same. To act as though you already have it. The letter I, the third thing we do while you're waiting on God, imitate the habits that grow strong faith. In other words, hey, look around you and other people who have strong faith and find their skills, their patterns, their habits, and do like they do. Imitate. In other words, use the time while you're waiting to grow up. To mature. Hebrews 6.12 we, we do not want you to become what? Lazy. But to imitate those who through faith and patience. What's that? That's waiting. Inherit what has been promised. He says... Hey, look around you. That's the kind of people that you ought to be imitating when you're in the waiting room. We don't want you to become lazy. Don't passively sit around doing nothing. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what God promised. Paul says it like this in Philippians 4.9. Keep, keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. That's what? Imitation. So when you're in that waiting period... You know, look around. Find a godly woman or a godly man You know, that, you know and, and start doing what they're doing. Imitate their faith. You see, when you're in the waiting room of life, don't put your life on hold. You know, waiting is not inactivity. It's not laziness. It's actually a great time to begin to develop those habits and skills that you're going to need later on. Now, Just like there are physical habits, you know, that are important to your health and your well-being, guess what? They're spiritual habits. In fact, look at 1 Timothy 4:8 from the Living Bible. Bodily exercise is all right, but spiritual exercise is much more important and is a tonic for all you do. So exercise yourself spiritually. And there's that word again. And practice being a better Christian because that will help you not only now in this life but in the in the next life too again you know he's saying sure physical exercise is good going to the gym good working out good but let me ask you a question are you working out your soul are you Are you developing those those spiritual habits? He says, you know, physical activity, physical working out. That's good. Nothing wrong with it. You ought to do that. But the the spiritual side of your life is even more important because you're going to take that with you to the next life. So what are those spiritual habits? You know, it's it's not rocket science here. I mean, it's things like prayer, reading your Bible, memorizing Scripture. Scripture. Serving, giving, worship, fellowship. By the way, all the things that we've been talking about and doing together during this Daring Faith campaign. He's saying, keep doing those. Develop them. So, write down those lessons. Process what you're learning. Act as though you already have it. Imitate those habits that grow strong faith. And then finally, the letter T stands for trust God instead of panicking. Trust God instead of panicking. When you're in the waiting rooms of life, trust Him. Now there are a couple of things you need to know about God. One, God is never in a hurry. Again, He's not. He's never in a hurry. And two, He's also never late. You can know that for sure about God. His timing is always perfect. But what happens in those times where it appears God is late? Well, it's in those times that I think God's preparing you for a miracle. And man, I could give you so many examples of this in the Bible. One of my favorites is that there were these, uh, this group of three friends, Mary and Martha. They have a brother named Lazarus. Uh, they were three friends of Jesus, okay? Relatives, but they're, they were best friends with Jesus. And they, they lived in a city called Bethany. And um, well, Lazarus of the three gets very, very sick. And uh, Bethany is only uh, just a couple of miles, just a few miles away from where Jesus is at this time. So they send word to Jesus, okay? Jesus, we need you. You know, come come quickly. Come to Bethany. You know, your your best friend Lazarus, you know, we don't think he's going to make it. Well, it takes Jesus like several days just to go a couple of miles. And at first reading, you're like, man, what's going on here? I mean, he could have easily gotten there like in a couple of hours. But it takes him like three days to go a few miles to see, you know, his best friend who is dying. And, you know, when he gets there, read the story. They basically say, too late, Jesus. Too late. He's already dead. We wrapped him up. We put all the, you know, embalming spice. We went through the whole process and we buried him. He's in a tomb. If you had been here, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. You're too late. Listen, Jesus wasn't late. He actually already had in His mind what He was going to do. All along, the goal wasn't to heal Lazarus. You know what his goal was? To raise him from the dead. An even greater miracle. And you need to hear this loud and clear. Sometimes God might be letting a situation get so bad in your own life that only a miracle will do. But don't give up. Hold on. Because maybe, just maybe, He's getting ready to perform an even greater miracle in your life. You see, Jesus walks up to the tomb and he tells them, Roll the stone away. They roll the stone away and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Some people say, It's good that Jesus said Lazarus because if not, the whole grave, the whole cemetery would have rose from the dead. But he said Lazarus, so Lazarus comes back to life. And it's so interesting. When he walks up to the tomb, they actually overhear him pray this prayer. Listen to what he says. Father, I thank You that You have heard me. I know You always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that You sent me. In other words, you know what he's saying? He already knew what he was going to do. He already knew it. Listen. God already knows what He's going to do in your life. Today. Next week, next month, next year, ten years from now. And His plan is good. You just got to trust Him. And so when you're in that waiting room, you need to pray. You need to say, God, it's okay. You're not early. You're not late. You're on time. And God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to process the lessons. I'm going to act as though it's already happened. I'm going to keep on growing in these habits. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep sharing. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep believing because God, your timing is always perfect. Galatians 6.9 Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. As your pastor, I am not going to let you give up. Don't do it. Do not give up. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God's Word. Don't give up on a life group. Don't give up on tithing. Don't give up on church. Listen, don't give up. You have no idea just what God might want to accomplish through you. Psalm six three says this, When I am afraid, I will trust you. That's daring faith. Even when I'm afraid, I will trust you. Listen, some of you think you've been waiting on God. And God is waiting on you. What you've really been thinking, if you're honest, is, I'm waiting on the fear to go away. And then I'll make this commitment. I'm waiting on the fear to go away, and then I'll give my life to Jesus. I'm waiting on the fear to go away and then then I'll get baptized. I'm waiting on the fear to go away and then I'll start tithing. Then I'll start giving to daring faith. I'm waiting on the fear to go away then I'll serve. Then I'll volunteer. I'm waiting for the fear to go away then I'll pursue this dream. Let me let you in on a little secret. It's not going to go away. The only way to get through that fear is that you've got to move against it. And you've got to do the very thing that you're anxious, scared, and worried about doing. You've got to step out in faith. And if you will dare to step out in faith, you will discover that God is faithful. He can be trusted. Dare to believe. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.